You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Monday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel here with Joel Condon and Dennis Dick. Uh, it is an uh, unusual morning this morning. There's no other way to say it. Oil is making its biggest move in history. Today is a, a historic day for that reason and that reason alone. So we'll talk about the move in oil, the ramifications throughout the rest of the market, and that'll be our uh, first, second, and third stories on today's show. There are a couple of other news items, but they're very small. This oil news is huge, so we'll talk about it for at least probably the first 20 minutes of our show, and eventually we'll get to other things. We have uh, Ryan Craver on it at 8.35. He's a retail expert. He'll break down uh, retail for us, but it is oil, oil, oil throughout the show, or at least the first half of the show here. Joel, tell us what's happened here. Should I actually start with the crude futures? Crude yeah, futures maybe. trading up nearly 10% here, $5.41 at 60.27. Much higher open. We opened up at 61.48 and we spread it to 63.34. This is the biggest move in the history of the oil complex. Um, on the monthly charts following your front month, we're up at areas that we haven't seen since uh, earlier in the year. But I think just for right now, we'll keep an eye on that opening price of 61.48. And that 63.34, that high, that absolute panic high, threw over three bucks away. I can't, just for me, I can't get bullish until we take out that 63.34 and close above it. And we'll bring in uh, a lot of other things to talk about. Oil stocks are exploding here this morning. Uh, hit the <laughs> S&Ps off this. S&Ps are down nearly 10 points at 29.9850. Folks, we are talking about the December contract now. That's E-S-Z is in zebra. So make sure you up that. Also, 1-9, that's your front month contract. That's what we'll be following. Your pre-market high is 3,000 right on the nose. Uh, let's call the close a big number from Friday, 300850. 
on the downside, pre-market low, 83.50. Don't have much there for you folks, but we're 13 handles away. Uh, Wednesday's low is at 73.50. Gold getting a nice pop here, up 12.60 and 15.12.10. Silver doing its best too, up 38.6 cents at 17.955. And Bitcoin down $65. Not too worried about Bitcoin here getting a boost off this. We got to talk airlines. We got to talk oil stocks. Triple D, are you doing okay over there? I'm okay. I mean, I feel a little bit better from a health perspective, but one of those months where you just have an overnight positions that are just having bad luck. And this happens, you know, when you're trading stocks, you're going to have good luck and you're going to have some bad luck sometimes. Overall, you're trying to extract alpha from little inefficiencies, but you know, just like for instance, this is just one of those months of bad luck. Like last month I said, August was my best month in five years. September's looking to maybe be my worst. <laughs> I'm still green somehow on this month, but I've had so much bad luck, I just unbelievable. Anyways, I, I was very light overnight here because I only traded for about an hour after the close. Lucky I'm light because all the positions that I do have are bad. <laughs> But anyways, I have one oil short, and I won't even tell you the name of it, but I have one oil short, and it's up 18%. I mean, it's like the stock got taken over. <laughs> what are you, you going to do? I'm small in it, lucky, but holy cow. I mean, you know, you look at some of these oil stocks. Here's another one. This is not the oil. I'm not going to mention the one that I'm short, but, um, you know, you just look through all these things. WLL up 23%. You can just fly through all the names. Obviously, as the names get smaller and there was a higher probability of bankruptcy, those are up more on the significant move. Transocean trading up 12%. I mean, there's just so many. You can go through the list. Even the big guns like ExxonMobil having huge moves. When's the last time you saw ExxonMobil up 3.8% or Chevron up 3.4% or ConocoPhillips up 6.6%? I mean, these are just enormous moves. So, I mean, if I was long any oil stocks, and I think I've pretty much sold all of them out of my long-term portfolio, I would be ringing the register left, right, and center here in this move um, because it's, it, it's, it's ridiculous. That's a huge move. And all these companies still have a lot of trouble. Is oil going back to $100 because uh, you know, of some strikes here? Pro probably not. I mean, short term, this is good news for oil stocks. Long term, the trend is still down in most of these things. And I've always made a lot more money selling stocks that are rallying that are in downtrends. And when we were talking last night, doing a little prep for the show, and I think crude was at like 62 or 62 and a half then, you were like, sell more to more. Just get in there and sell. And uh, that's been the mantra overnight here. We actually went as low as 58.77. So you already have a huge, huge rain. And what's interesting about that is the uh, former high of the move here, uh, or you know the little bump that you had in the contract, you did have a high here at 58.76, and what do you know? You come down to 58.77. So where are we at? We're a little over mid-range today, but uh, really the parameters from today: 63.34 and 58.77. Spencer, you had a little note from Citigroup that they were talking about. You know, maybe this has some longer-term ramifications. Well, it's actually it's it's the best take that I've seen uh, on, and I and I've seen a lot of takes. I was you know on Twitter yesterday trying to watch football, and half my timeline is oil market, right? Getting yeah. hyped, getting hype for Sunday night, right? So and not the game, the opening of the oil market. So, but probably the most measured take of what I saw was from City, where they just said the the biggest takeaway 
is that uh, the infrastructure is highly vulnerable to attack. That, that, that's, and I'll, quite frankly, I'm surprised we've never seen an attack like this before. Uh, it seems, a, 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 you know, a drone strike. It seems like a, there's a lot of tension uh, in knowing that there's tension in the in the area. It seems this like this sort of thing could have happened before. Uh, and but city just saying the biggest takeaway here: infrastructure highly vulnerable to attack. Don't forget that. Price that, price that into this market. So that was kind of the most measured take that I saw. No matter how long oil takes, you know, to, to go back to where it was uh, on, on Friday. It, that, that's the biggest takeaway here. All right. Long, long term. <clears throat> so, so if you're long these oil stocks here, uh, I think the first thing, I'm not long or short any oil stocks here, either in any short-term or long-term portfolios. But what I think I would have to do, and we don't have time to go through all of them, I would just take a look at like the pre-market highs in these things, especially a big, thick stock uh, like ExxonMobil trading up 286 here, right in the 75 handle. Uh, let's just, and I'll just do the example here with ExxonMobil, and then we can uh, move on to the defense and airlines, in the, uh, which are taking some hits today. But I'll just quick example here. ExxonMobil, uh, the initial pop, that 4 a.m. pop, we are right there right now. That uh, 4 a.m. pop took you up to 75.63, not that far. Yeah, 75.63, we're not that far off it, 75.48. So sellers haven't come in yet. When I have to eyeball this, I'm looking at $76, and I see um, two, three highs just under that area. So if you get a follow-through pop, let's see what happens at 76. Of course, you know you take out 76, and then there's some other daily highs to look at. Uh, don't know if there's going to be enough stock in the book. These stocks have traded a lot of volume, so I don't know if there's going to be enough to keep it down off the open so you could scoop something up. But, uh, you know, that's, a, that's the example looking at in uh, ExxonMobil. So 75 and take out pre-market highs, see what happens at 76. Triple D, I mean, the books are almost irrelevant here. Pretty good volume has traded. Yeah, I mean, these oil stocks can open way. That's a huge move. They follow USO. So, you know, you see USO up a buck. When's the last time you saw USO up a buck? So, yes. yeah, people are getting squeezed. There's definitely people that are short these things. It's going to be a short squeeze. Kind of a perfect storm. Um, you know, I'm pretty happy that I'm, I've just got one, one small oil position. I mean, on a normal night, I might have, you know, either way, I might be long, short. Usually I'm hedged, but my position was so small that I didn't even bother hedging it. Obviously, should have because I didn't think it could go up 16%. But, you know, this, this stuff happens and you just, it works itself out. But um, you just look here and you're like, okay, if you're coming in here and saying, okay, I got to get long oil stocks, this is the trade now. I mean, you're looking at ExxonMobil at 75 and a half here this morning. It was 68 a week and a half ago. It's up 10% a week. This is a stock that has been a perennial underperforming. You can come and buy it now. I mean, you're buying somebody else's profits. This is just the way not to make money, in my opinion. So there's still a lot of problems with oil stocks. It's still dirty fuel. We've had this squeeze going on where the laggards have become the leaders. We've been talking about this on the show for almost two weeks now. And that still continues. That has been continuing that trend will eventually break again. It's, I don't know when, but you know, laggards are still laggards for a reason. It's that a lot of times some of their company fundamentals are broken. I mean, oil has just been a laggard for a long time. Every time it's had a significant rally, it's been a selling opportunity in the last five years. I think it's another selling opportunity here as well. 
And uh, I think your better point was if you're looking to initiate a long position, you know, uh, today. Like you're so late to the party, don't you? Like you're coming in here now? Like there's people that are going to be and their media is going to be on there. And, that, and CNBC, I'll have a dozen guests saying, yeah, we've been telling you about oil stocks. How long have you been telling me about oil stocks, guest? Have you been telling me about oil stocks the last three years? Because if you have, we're still way down in these things. If you're just telling me about them for three days, that's a different story. So everybody's going to say, yeah, we've been talking to you about oil for a long time. But, I mean, I've done very well in my long-term portfolio by not owning oil stocks, not owning any. And, uh, you know, yeah, I'm missing out on a pretty good rally here today. But you look at where these things are. I mean, sure. Okay, WLL. Huge day. What a great stock. It's up 22%. The stock was $350 in 2014. It's 9 bucks. You ask the person who bought it at 350 or 250 or 150 if they care that it went from 750 to 9 bucks today. These stocks are still, when they go from 350 to 70 bucks, they're squeezing some shorts here right now. But the long-term trend is, is not your friend on any of these things. If you think it's going back to 350, you're not following the markets. You're not listening to pre-market prep. Because stocks that go from 350 to 7 bucks don't go back to 350. They never see those numbers again. You know, in a very, very rare case, would something like that ever get back to those numbers? Can it go to 15 or 20? Yeah, but, you know, it's got a better chance, I think, of eventually starting to stall out again because there's so many people who are looking at this and are underwater in this. And, oh, anybody who bought in August, we're getting back. Let's put this rally into perspective in WLL, Whiting Petroleum. I have no position, so I can freely talk about it. it you, know, you look at, you know, 10 bucks in August. Well, it's 9 bucks here today, so you get a huge rally here. You're not even getting back to where the stock was a month ago. That's how much these stocks have been underperformers. So if you're coming here and buying them now, I think you're going to regret it. That is my opinion. Uh, ended July at uh, 1768. Uh, so that's where W, that was just for the end of uh, July for WLL. So uh, keeping you know, that in that mindset, that perspective, long way to go, tons of overhead supply here. Uh, but, you know, the market will do what markets will do. And uh, let's see what the pre-market high WLL. Just another quick example. You have traded up to 947. You just made that high backed off at 922. So let's call 950 the resistance there. And what do I see and the dailies uh, as far as resistance goes? Um, I see a 966 high. So if you're getting... You know, if it gets through 950, look at 966, and then <clears throat> getting into double digits will be a test today, too. I see a pair of highs just under $10. The buy the dip mentality, though, is still alive here in the S&P 500 futures. We oh, are yeah. the candles. And you know who's probably pretty happy about that? No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to make that statement. I'm going I'm to retract that statement. Um, so let's move on. I mean, we're right there at all-time highs. So, you know, the rotation – was incredible so you know you lost some of the market leaders in the last week and a half and I, I was off for three days there you know i was sick last week if anybody's new to the show but you know we lost a lot of the market leaders like the roku's that were taking us up the shopify's but that money did not rotate out that money just simply rotated into everything that was beat up and that's what really propelled us higher and i mean it was fantastic for my long-term portfolio my long-term portfolio is somehow approaching all-time highs um, which it was in, value, baby. before a week and a half ago, it was in the gutter because I have a lot of value stocks in there. We know I'm a Warren Buffett type value guy. 
So my long-term portfolio loved last week. I mean, I'm seeing some of my stocks go up 10% in a week. So, but you know, am I going to, you know, say, oh yeah, I'm a hero here? No, because I've been very wrong to be invested in a lot of these value stocks because it's been growth stocks that have been obviously working for the last few years. Um, it's been the stocks that have ridiculous PE multiples that continue to go high. I don't know if this is a change overall. I, I, I tend to think it's not. I think it's just ro natural rotation. Leaders got way overextended. You know, when you got Roku going up 500% this year, it just got overextended. And, you know, does it belong up there long-term? I don't think so, because I'm still a value guy. But if the story is intact, sometimes the stories can continue for a while. But right now, we've seen this rotation into the laggards for the last week and a half. It's probably going to continue somewhat here today because oil was the biggest laggard of them all, and it's up 10% here this morning. So I think you're probably going to see scrambling around into those laggards here once again. So if you look like GE is barely down here today, one of your laggards for sure. I mean, there, there's a lot of things, a lot of different things to think about here. And there's a lot of, you know, implications for, you know, what oil is doing. I mean, the airlines are getting hit really hard here this morning too. But, you know, there's overall theme happening here too. And it's once again going to be this morning is that, hey, you know, seeing a lot of oil stocks underperforming, maybe they're going to buy some other underperformers as well. By identifying those themes before everybody else, that's how I make my living. And uh, I just wanted to emphasize too, I mean, your Exxon Mobil, it's not a Roku, it's not a shop, it's not, you know, one of these high flying stocks that, you know, people are going to be piling, piling into. They're uh, heavily, you know, widely held stocks that, you know, institutions are going to look at this move and say, you know, holy macro, you know, when am I going to get a chance to take some off the table here? So that's a good theme. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let's move on to the airline stocks. Uh, yeah. You didn't mention like airline stocks. When's the last time? I mean, they moved lockstep with oil. Uh, I don't know anymore. That's the funny thing is, I mean, I, I guess we can go look at some charts to see if they're my theories, but I feel like they haven't really cared about oil that much. Um, and if you look, like Delta, they, they kind of, you know, and they've all separated even in their own group. I mean, there's been perfor good performers, underperformers. But, I mean, look at, you know, Spirit Air, or you look at the chart of American Airlines has come back here in the last little while. But, you know, there's been a significant rally in some of these airlines here in the last month. And oil's gone nowhere in the last month. So you can't really attribute it to oil. Now, this morning, obviously, all the movement is here because you get people that are coming in and they say, oh, you know, what, you know, oil's way up. Well, it's got to be bad for airlines. Sell, 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 sell. But really, in the last, like, few years, there hasn't been that natural trade where, hey, oil's up 1%, so airlines are going to be down 1%. That hasn't been there for a long time because I used to trade that all the time. Like, 10 years ago, I used to trade that. It was like clockwork. Oil's up 1%, airlines are going to be down 1%. It's not that simple anymore. It hasn't really been a relationship that's had a strong movement into it. Traders just haven't been trading it. So we're seeing it this morning because the move is so extreme in oil that all the natural, you know, tendency is to think, okay, well, what is this bad for? It's obviously not good for airlines, fundamentally speaking. So that's why you're seeing the airlines get hit here this morning. But that has not been the normal trend in the last few years. They haven't cared as much about it. So LUV, American Airlines, Delta, all down big. You pick your airline, they are poisoned today. But you got a good setup to look at in these oil stocks here because they had been in a prolonged downtrend. And now you're getting or downtrend. You've had a rally. You've had a rebound. So I'll just take a stock just for an example here. Let's go to Delta Airlines. Uh, you made a low just under $56. You snuck your head over 60, actually 60.58. That was your high. 
on Friday, a little over a four-point move. So I'll look at the 50% retracement of this move here, and that will probably come in at like 58, 58 and a quarter. I mean, who smacked this stock down to 52 and a quarter? That must have been an odd lot, right? 200. I don't know. What do you mean? Someone took, I see a 52 and a quarter print in, uh, in Delta on my platform. Oh, they did too. It was an odd lot. Somebody got really, 4.23 in the morning, don't wake up and start hitting stocks 10 points down <laughs> or eight points down. Right. It was, it was for trades. Those are real trades. So yeah. I could see the very all odd lots. So somebody, some small trader got really nervous. 56, uh, 56.4 shares and 50 shares trade at 54.70. Four shares only trade at 52.57. Another 32 shares at 52 and a quarter. But somebody hit the sell button on a very small, small order. So yeah, where airline's going to fall 10% today because oil's up 10%? No. So you got to watch at four o'clock in the morning because people don't realize this. The equity markets open at 4 a.m. They don't open at 7. They don't open at 8. They don't open at 9.30. ARCA and NASDAQ NSDQ open at 4 a.m. So you can trade them as early as 4 a.m. On TD Ameritrade, you can trade them around the clock. So, I mean, when you're looking at 4 a.m., though, there's just not, there's no market makers and there's nothing in there. So if you just say, oh, I got to get out and you sell something six points down, I mean, you're just hitting a, maybe a bid that was just, you know, sitting there from for, forever. Maybe it's a GTC or maybe just somebody else, you know, that's just, playing around or maybe it's just you know a market maybe there's a market maker that's willing to buy i'd be willing to buy delta six points down at, at four o'clock in the morning so you know don't don't panic and think you're beating everybody i'm going to go up four in the morning it's gonna be down 20 points today i mean you gotta you know just it, it's very difficult to trade at four in the morning because no liquidity and as i said you know there's been a substantial rally in these airline stocks right so there are people that are short or people that were looking to get long and now they're seeing this pullback here off you know some i mean it's some major news you can't ignore that uh some of these airlines do hedge their oil exposure i don't know if they have hedges out this is a hedger yeah and that's why you see it always move less it's beta is always less than some of the other airlines what about Delta? Do they hedge? Do you know? I don't know. I don't know. So I know it moves more than LUV. So I don't think, I think LUV is known as the main hedge. Like they hedge everything. So Delta obviously is moving down 3% here this morning, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know. That's what I'm just looking at. I mean, if I was, think of like the opposite here. If you were short Delta, you got caught up in this rally, you know, it kind of got away from you when it went over 60 and now you're getting, you know, you got this two-point haircut here. So you can think about it, you know, as a, you know, not long, but as a short, what's a short looking to do in this position? So for me, I think you may see some uh, some natural buyers One here. thing, and, and, you, and you do this sometimes, Joel, is one thing to consider is where I say, what are their shorts doing? You also have to consider is that most people, still 90% of people out there don't short stocks. So it's always easier when you're trying to look for crowded trades. It, it, yeah, you can look at short interest and you can look at stuff like that and it's a good indicator, but it, it's always easier to look at, at the long side on crowded trades as opposed to the short side because there's so many more participants on the long side. I mean, me and you, because we have the market maker background, we naturally think, you know, who short the thing because we're, we're you know, I trade market neutral. I mean, I'm equal shorts and equal longs. I do that every day. But when you have, you know, a lot of retail traders don't short stocks, majority of them don't short stocks. So when you're looking for crowded trades, sometimes it's just better to who's long or, or what's happening with the longs. Like when I look at, you know, Delta 
or when I look at the oil stocks, I was thinking, well, who's long these things? Who's the potential sellers here right now? As opposed to, yeah, we're going to squeeze the shorts a bit. And yes, but a lot of the shorts, you know, also are professional traders and they got some, you know, they, they can hold for a while too. I mean, you think about some of the hedge fund managers like Ackman that short stocks and they hold forever. So it's not, you're not always just actively pushing everybody around who's short, who's long. But I, I mean, I, I just think it's easier sometimes to look from the long side just because so many market participants are long only. And uh, I mean, you could put that theory to work too is, okay, people that are waiting to get long Delta here, not necessarily short covering, but- I mean, I mean that's, I'm almost a fader. I know. And maybe it's the contrarian to me, but I, I agree. I mean, I look at these moves down. And I think, okay, was there an airline that I wanted to be in? I mean, they've had a pretty good run. You know, LUV has been straight up here for two weeks. Now you're getting a nice pullback here. Maybe this is an opportunity because do we think oil is going to $100? If you think oil is going to $100, you probably don't want to be long Southwest Airlines. I don't believe oil is going to $100. I believe this is probably a blow off top on, on a squeeze. They were already squeezing them a little bit, maybe not on USO itself, but on the individual oil stocks, they've all started to rally. I mean, they've had a pretty good two, three weeks here. So, and that was just because laggards became leaders. But now you're like, this is like the upside capitulation event where this is like, okay, this is it. Whoever is short is going to puke it out. Whoever wants to be long, who's been chasing, is probably going to come in the day and buy. I think it's the worst thing they can do, but that's what people do. That's human mentality. It's to chase where performance is. And that's why so many people lose money in the stock market because they're chasing. And I, I've always, you know, it's maybe 20 years of experience, but, you know, I lost a lot of money chasing back in the day too, especially in my early days. And I learned quickly not to do it. So, you know, see, you see APA up this morning here. Um, this is a stock that has been a very much underperformer. It's up 10% this morning. But look where you're coming into. I mean, you got all this overhead supply, 28, 29, 30. I mean, the stock was 20 bucks a week and a half ago. It's 26.70 here this morning. It's up 25% in a week and a half. You're coming in by now. I think you're late to the party. All right, that's all. Let's just shift over real quickly. Defense stocks are uh, yeah, interesting. been performing well, and uh, they're tacking on some gains today here as far as rhetoric uh, going with you know, potential troubles, wars, whatever. You need your defense contractors. Uh, you have uh, you have Raytheon uh, making a new oh, – is it a new all-time high? What do we do on Friday? Fr oh, interesting area for Raytheon here. 202.70 printed your old – I guess this is 2019. We, we were back in 2018. We were higher. I just went out a little bit. Got it. Yep, you did. You did. I stand. So, uh, big, big move. Big move. Let's see what happens at Friday's high. Uh, we did. We got a rating change on that too, don't we? Today, is it RTN? I, I think we got. A, I think we got an upgrade on that. Yeah, JP Morgan to overweight price target raised to two thirty. That's why it's even up more than some of the others. I mean, you know, your defense stocks are probably going to have an okay day with everything that happened. I see Lockheed Martin trading up four, but RTN's getting an upgrade on top of it, so it's probably going to outperform the others. Yeah, yeah. trade NOC. Right. Um, Lockheed Martin and RTN, those are all Harris too falls into that category. Well, HRS isn't it's it's LHX now, but I used to always trade Harris with it too. So think about those. That's probably going to perform okay today. One thing about this uh, this RTN, 
is you hit the recent high for the move on Friday at 202.70, but you really sold off the close at 198.72. So you sold four bucks off that high. So that, to me, that gives a little added significance to that 202.70 area because it was looking awful good in the you know when it hit that level and to lose four sticks during the day. Just anybody that got caught up in that. So I really like that 202.70 number in uh, RTN and then LO um, Lockheed Martin LMT now this one bumping up this is an all-time high here uh, Lockheed Martin Not quite close 393 your charts are off today Joel well it's 393 it's 13 bucks and it doesn't have monthly highs in 2018 so it's near an all-time yeah it's near an all-time high okay uh, I would just look at Thursdays and Fridays highs in here um, let's see here, 388.51 and 388.77. So there's a couple targets on the upside. The all-time high is at 393.43. Jump back over. Uh, we got eight minutes before we're going to get Ryan Craver coming on here to talk some retail stocks. We do have some earnings coming up this week. Uh, but you know, obviously the big move we've been talking about all morning is oil, but we haven't talked about the TLT move here too um it's moving up significantly we know that's going to be bad for the banks so if you want to look at another sector that's really getting hit hard here this morning it is the banks bank of america down 1.4 percent Citigroup down 1.5 percent jp morgan down 1.2 percent goldman sachs down uh, almost one percent here banks are getting hit here this morning on the tlt strength they have been performing here well as of late too is this a pullback you'd be buying in the banks Ha. Well, what do we have? We have a Fed meeting, right? Fed decision this week, too. So I uh, highly anticipate. I think we're probably like at 88, 88, 90% here of a quarter point rate cut. Uh, I don't know about these banks. I mean, that was just such a big move in them last week. Do I think on the first down day, do I want to just be hopping in here uh, down 42 cents in the Bank of America? I think for the bank, I'd be more comfortable. I was looking at this stock last night, and if I get a shot under 29, which we're not going to see, probably not see today, it's down 42 cents at 29.75. You had three lows in that area, so for me, I'm not looking at the major support until on just under 29. I think there were three lows in that area. Coming back on the upside, I just I want to talk to Jeremy about this stock because this stock just likes to gap around. It has all these little gaps that it seems to fill. Uh, the bottom of uh, yesterday's range was 29.87, so that's only 12 cents away. You could very easily see that. And there really weren't any stoppers at 30 on Friday. Now, not big orders. It went up to 30.32, closed at 30.17. So we'll see if being over 30 and now back under 30, if it starts to you know, be a, a bigger level moving forward for the, in the week uh, ahead of the Fed meeting as well. Yeah, and Spinner making some good points. I mean, KRE saying it was up 6% last week. That was its best move in three years. I mean, so you're getting a pullback here now. These are maybe stocks maybe you do want to be in, like on as trades. Like, I'm still long-term. I, I Obviously, I've been under for, underweight banks and oil for a long time. I've talked about this in my long-term portfolio. But short-term, the trend, you know, is still, you know, the short-term trend has reversed somewhat, especially on a stock like J.P. Morgan making new all-time highs. So, I mean, maybe these are the kind of stocks that you want to be buying on the pullbacks here, as opposed to buying and chasing oil up here this morning. I think there's other opportunities here. And I don't know if it's necessarily the banks, but I think I'd be looking more at some of these stocks that have had recent strength, 
pulling back significantly as more of an opportunity as opposed to chasing an oil stock up 20%. Uh, one more uh, thing on the oil. We didn't talk about the cruise liners also. Carnival, Royal Caribbean. Also, I would think they're going to hammer too. I, I haven't brought them up yet. It's Carnival down 3%. RCL down 1.8%. CC or uh, NCLH, which is Norwegian, it's down 1%. But light market, it's offered at 54, which is down about 1.3%. Best bid way down at 52. So yeah, these things are going to get hit. Um, and uh, let's see here. It's textbook trading here this morning with oil up 10%. Everybody's going to their textbook. You're hitting everything that uses gas and big time. And, and big quantities. And uh, the uh, TLT, uh, just a quick question, it moves, um, the TLT, the banks move uh, opposite uh, that because it's uh, lower interest rates, bad for banks. So that's a theme we like to talk to a lot. S&Ps did sneak over 3,000, 3,000.75, just back under there. So there's a little bit of, a little weakness here, but uh, just holding in here right around a nice round number like 3,000. So looks like uh, by the dippers have not given up yet. So we covered, we covered the airlines. We covered some defense stocks. Uh, just one other stock that just had an amazing move last week, uh, Boeing, you know, right back up. Did you see the move that that had since the middle of August here? Uh, it snuck into the uh, 380 handle at the end of last week, 83 and a half, 84. Amazing, I think we were talking about that. Um, now you closed at 79.76. I just have to give you know it's a you know vol higher price stock that that 380 to 385 zone. I mean I'd be very impressed if it just blew through there. Trading in the red a little bit. You know, being an airline, well, not airline, but a supplier. But uh, keep an eye on Boeing here, especially that closing price of three seventy nine seventy six. I mean, again, the leaders to laggards trade. This was benefiting, so it was a laggard to leader. Everything turned a week and a half ago. All the laggards became leaders. The leaders became laggards. We've talked about this. Um, Boeing was a laggard as well. It's been an underperformer. Still a lot of risk, though. I mean, and again, now you're coming in buying Boeing. The thing's up 60 points here. And, you know, and this is one, and people might be, I, I kind of question it too. I mean, Boeing's only down slightly here this morning. You think, well, they make airlines. The soil's up, can't be good for them. But you also have the defense trade kind of on. So I might be countering it a little bit here this morning. Um, so that, that, that's why maybe Boeing isn't down as much as some of the airline stocks. All right, uh, 8.32, uh, we have our guest, uh, Ryan Craver, Commerce Canal, coming on to talk about uh, – Retail stocks that had some decent earnings ups down. I'm just going to cover a couple stocks here uh, in the chat before we have our guest on. Uh, Zach Brown, Alta has continued to deteriorate here after it's a bad earnings report. And I think everyone and their brother was talking about uh, 224. And look at that's where it is right now, uh, 226.73. Bunch of bottoms here in this area. It's trying to put a low in. Oh, man. I guess it's one of those trades where it's only traded down 13 cents. Uh, you got the low. It, man, bunch of low. Someone's bringing some stock in here between 225 and 227. Call it 225. Yeah. So if you Major want. Major support forming here now. Can it hold? I mean, this is a stock that is in the gutter. Can it bounce? It can. It, it's probably due for a bounce here eventually, but I just look, the longer it sits down here, the more I think it's taken out 225 and it's going to be 210. So it's just kind of almost sat down here too long, don't you think? Yeah, kind of like the square. 
Yeah, and that's why I sold half my square, which was a good call. I sold half of it at 62. Um, basically sold because I was in from my I put in my long term portfolio and I put one you know, oh I put I put two chunks in there but I sold half of it just because like I think I'm gonna get it cheaper so like, it looked like it was gonna break down so I, I haven't rebought the half that's always my problem but it was a good call to sell half of the things at 57 bucks here now I, I don't know and you know what Square had an interesting candle on Friday so it had I what I would have perceived as probably good news with the whole uh, trading app potential, um, they hit it. They hit it really, really hard. And they hit it down to 55. But then it started to show some life in the afternoon. So Square is interesting now. It's an interesting setup. You're getting a pullback here this morning. You picked up some of the 56s here today. Might be a trade setup to, you know, stop yourself out just for a trade. But stop yourself out at the low. Let's say 55. What's the low of the move? Yesterday on Friday. 55.91. Yes. Maybe you use that. And this is not talking. This is just talking a trade. But you're 57, so you're gonna buck off it this morning. Maybe if you can get up in the 56 handle, you could risk a buck to try to see if you show some life here again. But I like the afternoon action in Square. All right, 8:35. Let's take a quick break and grab today's guest, Ryan Craver from Commerce Canal. We'll be right back in a moment here with Ryan. All right, welcome back, everyone. Pre-market prep, Spencer Israel, Joel Conan, Dennis Dick, joined now by Ryan Craver. Uh, he's our resident retail expert, also founder of Commerce Canal. Ryan, how's it going this morning? Good morning. Happy Monday to everyone. Happy Monday to you too, Ryan. I'm bringing up uh, this chart that you're kind enough to send over our way. Uh, but before we get to that, specifically high-level thoughts here, retail earnings season, what do you think? Retail earnings. So a lot of the same things that we're used to, uh, as you can see from the chart that's that's popped up. I think what we are used to is hearing about department stores doing terribly, the J.C. Penneys, the Coles, the Nordstroms, the Dillards of the world. I think that remained the same. Um, there were a few surprises. I, I think a lot of people were surprised by Macy's posting something that was flat to slightly up uh, within the department store space, but generally it was the same thing that we're used to. The second thing to point out is the dollar generals and the dollar trees, slow and steady as she goes, continues to post positive comps. We continue to see um, them in the green, uh, as you can see in the chart. Uh, and then the, the third piece was is any stores that are closing, whether it's JCPenney's or it's Macy's or it's Dress Barn, uh, you know, Forever 21 potentially going bankrupt and closing a bunch of stores. It looks like a lot of that spend is moving it to the warehouses and in uh, guys like Costco and Sam's Club and to the mass retailers like Target and Walmart. Um, so very strong results for, for the mass and the warehouse. Um, but overall, I, I think they were okay. They weren't as bad as I think a lot of people have expected. Um, and there are some bright spots in retail. What is the path here for these apparels that have gotten just hammered this year? What is the path forward? Uh, I think if you look at the various sectors, I think for the off-price guys, they continue to have the ability to take any and all apparel at cut rate prices, and they still have um, the ability to sell in brick and mortar at decent margins. Burlington, 
uh, Ross, TJ Maxx, all of them, you know, very, very healthy relative to the rest of retail. So I think that they continue to do what they're doing. Um, the department stores, I, I, I can't see anything positive for any of them. Um, you know, Macy's will continue to play based upon their underlying real estate. But, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be, again, a long period of grooming, closing stores, and figuring out what is, what is successful. Beyond that, you've got your e-commerce and your specialty. E-commerce, we know that Amazon will continue to grow very, very strongly. And then on the specialty side, there are some retailers like the Lululemons who are, are doing a fantastic job. So I think it's very, very difficult um, to, to figure out traditional brick and mortar and, and where apparel will be strong. If you want to get outside of traditional retail, you can also start to bring up names like Shopify who are – you know, front and center of this e-commerce push uh, for non-store affiliated brands. So this this chart we've got up here, uh, you send it to us whenever you come on. Each bar represents one quarter's worth of year-over-year -year, uh, sales growth or uh, decline in some cases. Uh, biggest takeaway from this chart is what? Uh, biggest takeaway is don't count out any off-pricers, so Burlington, Nordstrom Rack, Ross, Saks Off Fifth, TJ Maxx, and the big guys like Costco, Target, and Walmart. The, the, fringe, the fringes of this chart is where all of the spend is going. Nothing in the middle. Stay away from the middle. Question from the chat here. Thoughts on some shoe names, Skechers, Crocs, Nike? I think I think Nike definitely remains best of breed. It's obviously not traded nearly as favorably as everyone expected. Uh, I think it's still a great name. I think Skechers continues to rev up the international engine and will do so for a long, long time. They're also very strong in the licensing side of the business. So anything outside of shoes, they're working with wholesalers to to make and uh, I think I think they've got a long-term outlook that looks very favorable. Uh, Ryan I'd be remiss uh, not to ask you about uh, stamps.com. Uh, <laughs> we were bullish and we thought oh okay and uh, well one thing led to another and yada 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 here we are 100% later. Yeah it's, uh, it's it's been a successful trade I mean granted it was so painful, and Joel was sure to point it out to me multiple times via emails on the way down. Um, but uh, look, the fact remains: these guys we're were the only provider of United States Postal Service stamps in a rapidly growing business, e-commerce. They said we're going to expand. Who we're going to? Yes, the money that came in the door from the USPS through that exclusivity dropped. But I, I think longer term, they have the ecosystem set up to leverage this e-commerce growth. The majority of direct-to-consumer packages from all of the retailers we know, as well as all the small guys who are running off of Shopify platforms, goes through them. Um, they are old-world postage. So uh, I, think, I think, you know, give them a bit more time, and I think they're going to be strong. They're obviously – poking up close to closing up that gap. So it's going to be tough to get over that 80 mark, I would assume. But I think they're, they're still somewhat of a monopoly in, in the postage space. 
we got uh, asked about some other shoe names in here, so we just want to get you in. And Ryan, I don't think I beat you up too much over there. <laughs> stomp.com but uh anyways uh spinner wants your thoughts on some well, other I, I i already asked that i think you're doing crocs some, yeah we already asked about the crocs and the sketchers and the mic really? yeah i was talking uh, to you, you were talking to brendan about, about you, you yeah whatever monday morning give you a pass uh ryan uh going back to the retail here if i could as i as i bring your chart back up uh, on the screen. Uh, we've talked about the apparels we've talked about the you know the big box and and, and the costco and the walmart i just uh Talking about Walmart versus Target specifically here. Yeah. Uh, we know about Walmart spending and they're doing next day delivery and as they both right. do with Amazon here. Uh, Twelve months out, uh, looking at where uh, Walmart and Target, where are they uh, compared to where they are today? Yeah, great question. Uh, you know, what's interesting to me about Walmart is they continue to grow their e-commerce. I think in the latest quarter was up 37%. Very, very strong, but still as a size relative to Amazon, they are still very, very small. Um, they're trading at a premium based upon perceived growth within digital. That's not their way to profitability. Their way to profitability is, is the buy online, pick up in store. I think that's strong. I think they're also trying to mimic everything that Amazon does. So if you look at last holiday season, they made fun of Amazon by saying free shipping without the cost of a membership. Well, they just announced formally on Friday that they're going to have a membership for $98 uh, to, to have free shipping, and they'll be in 50% of the U.S. markets by the end of the year. So they're, they're turning that part on. The second thing they're turning on is advertising. So they're allowing all these sellers to do a lot more advertising on their platform. And I think that's very margin rich and it's going to definitely help them. With that said, they're trading at a premium. I mean, they're trading very, very high relative to the growth that they're posting. So that tends to push me over to the target boat. If I'm going to pick between the two of them, I'm probably going to the target realm the downside with Target is it's a domestic business, so it's only U.S. focused. However, their comps have been incredibly strong. They are very focused on the in-store experience. They are very focused on digital. They realize that providing same-day shipping might not be the most profitable way of doing this business, so they have partnered with companies like Shipped. They're also trading at a much lower valuation. So if I'm forced to pick between the two, I'm probably going to pick Target. Ryan, do you ever uh, sort of let your opinion get colored by the stories that you personally like? I mean, looking at products versus companies? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, candidly, we have a business that does a significant portion of revenue with guys like Amazon. We are a digital operator predominantly in, in this space. With that said, if we know that the product mix is a little bit more cachet, has a little more cachet and is a little bit better at one retailer versus the other, we will likely look for guys that have the best brands. Um, if, if we go back to that, that example of the last, the last two, Target is historically known to partner with up-and-coming direct-to-consumer brands. There's a lot more cachet, a lot more excitement. Walmart did it for a while, and then if you listen to the latest interviews with guys like Mark Lore, who they brought over from Jet.com, they are pulling back from that, and they're focusing on private label. So I think product mix definitely plays a role. 
Um, and I, I definitely think that our choices on, on which are the top retailers are a mix of product, whether their strategy seems to make sense given where the rest of the um, e-commerce and the brick-and-mortar space is going. And then I, I guess we'll do one more before I let you on here. Macy's and JCPenney. I, I mean, anything to say? Yeah, so so Macy's versus JCPenney, if we're going to do the versus, I mean, it, in, in my eyes, it's definitely Macy's. Um, Macy's actually was not a bad result. I mean, they were positive. If you look at guys like Kohl's, they were down nearly 3%. So Macy's seems to be doing okay. Um, they're also trading, you know, at, in the basement. Um, so I, I like them a heck of a lot more than JCPenney. JCPenney, I just I can't can't see it. Even when you strip out their uh, big ticket items that the uh, former CEO brought in, who's now at Lowe's, they were still down six percent quarter over quarter, and that's just not sustainable. Not to mention where the stock price is. Um, there's going to be a lot of guys like JCPenney and Asina and all these other guys who are going to continue to trade less than a dollar and close up more and more stores and that purchase power goes somewhere and i think believe it or not macy's will pick up a good amount of that all right ryan craver is a retail expert and the founder of commerce canal ryan thanks as always for the time we'll definitely get you on uh heading into or around q4 and the uh, holiday shopping season awesome guys thanks for that all right have a good one all right, 848 here. Uh, we are going to get a surprise guest or a last-minute guest on at 9 o'clock here, Tracy Shukart. She's a uh, independent commodities trader. I think she's like the official oil trader of financial Twitter because she was on my Twitter a lot yesterday, people tweeting at her, asking her questions. Uh, so she'll come on at 9, help us break down oil. Uh, and that'll be good. In the meantime, Joel, anything anything new happening? Uh, no, we snuck over three thousand. I uh, went to three double oh point seven five. Let's see. The bottom of yesterday's range is oh five seventy five. I don't think I'm gonna put as much emphasis on that um, as your close from Friday. Three double oh eight point five oh, that's nine handles away. So <clears throat> if you're looking for a lower risk short, let's see if we can go green on the session. Uh, when I was watching crude trade last night, you know, it, it was just glowing. You know, it was just like the prints were all over the place. Things are calming down now. And uh, we're going to get Tracy on in just a few minutes. But uh, what I think I'll just be looking at in crude here, it's remaining in the $60 handle. Uh, Mid-range on the session. Now, that can't be right here. 59.78. I'll have to do a little bit. What have we had? Like a five-point range. At two and a half, so that's 59.70, 60, 61 and a quarter. I think if you get up there, uh, you'll find some resistance. Uh, some local news here, and I told Spencer, I actually I came down to the D on Saturday and Sunday. I came down for a wine tasting event and food on Saturday, and then I went to the Lions game uh, yesterday. But uh, we got some local news, and it's not good for GM. It's not good. They are losing uh, estimated 400. Uh, million dollars uh, a day as the United Auto Workers have called a nationwide strike for the first time in 12 years. <sighs> That's bad. That's real bad for GM. Just ran into a brick wall. That's what an institutional seller looks at. Just like under 40, uh, one, two, three, four, five low or five highs. Let's just call it the 25 cent area. And boom, today, 
taking out the lower end of the trading range, trading near the lows of the pre-market session. I say 38.52. Uh, well, we're below that. We're at 37.91. Not much in here, folks. Let's look for, if you're looking for more downside, 37.24 was your low on September 4th. So some uh, bad news here for GM after a nice run and then a pause, a consolidation, and breaking out of lower end of the range. Uh, Triple D's. Oil prices aren't helpful for that either. True. So it's also gonna... weighing here as well. I mean, Ford's trading down too. So let's keep an eye. There's going to be a lot. This is the oil, and it's, it's good we got Tracy on. We can talk about some of these other trades as well. But, I mean, there's going to be a lot of movement and in individual stocks just because of the oil trade as well, like we already highlighted airlines. Um, but, you know, you think about GM, it's cars. I mean, if gas is up 10%, oil's up 10% in the day, it means gas prices are probably going up too. And that's never good for your big automakers either. So, I mean, there's lots of considerations here, but there's a lot of themes here this morning. Oil's strong. Like we said, banks are weak. Um, you're going to see some rotation still happening here again. It, it's it's going to be one of those days where you see rotation. Does volatility beget volatility? Like we see crazy moves. In yes. Does that and and yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, of... as markets get more volatile, market makers are backing off because they're getting hit. You know, they're not going to be moving in. in and obviously, on spy and in different stocks, you know, in ETFs, it's different because they have all the stocks in there. But on individual stocks, they get thinner as volatility increases because the market makers have to back off their quotes because they you can't be going in for a penny when the thing's moving a dollar. So, especially on the small caps, you see that as well, and thinner stuff. So, I mean, AMD, Bank America, they always got lots of liquidity, usually a one-cent market. But you get into some of the smaller mid-cap stuff, yeah, for sure. I mean, volatility increases because market makers are backing off, and that's increasing more, and that's making more volatility happen. So, yes, the answer to your question. But, uh, you know, we, we've been, you know, coming down in volatility here for a while now. I mean, yes. really, when you look at it, the VIX is, what, 15 so these twenty, these days of twenty VIX, you know, are, are at least gone in the short term, long gone. I mean, it's good for me as a trader. I love seeing the VIX higher because bigger moves, bigger money, right? But you get down near, you know, eleven, twelve, thirteen. That's usually where it seems to find its home. And uh, don't forget, uh, we got a quad witch on Friday, right? There could be some more, some more uh, fireworks there. So lots of, you know, and obviously it's not a big earnings week. I mean, we have Adobe. Uh -huh. You got Chewy, I think, reports. There's a, a dozen companies really reporting, so it's not going to be a big earnings week. But when you think about, um, you know, the the, end of the the other stuff, you know, trip with the Quad Wedge, with the Fed meeting, I mean, there's, there is some stuff that's going to move these markets, and it's starting well for the bang with this oil movement that is just incredible. Should we talk about what the Wall Street analysts are doing today? We met yeah, there was a, quite a few ratings here, so let's just fly through them here. Spencer, give us some highlights. All right, well, Whiting Petroleum, huge upgrade from KeyBank this morning. Schlumberger, huge upgrade. Of <laughs> Are these upgrades happening after the news? Like, I mean... Yes. Is that what all these are? I see ConocoPhillips got upgraded here this morning. Huge upgrade on ConocoPhillips this morning. Coming up here and upgrading these stocks now because of the Saudis? Like, is that, was that what's happening here? Were these notes all out just this morning here after yeah. the fact? Having not read the note, I can't say. Uh, I would imagine yes. I would imagine. So, how many oil stocks get upgraded here this morning? These analysts are just. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. I mean, it doesn't really matter. But we'll go uh, through. Go through the main. You just gave me three. Was there other ones right. too? Uh, 
Yeah, but I'm not seeing them right now. I'm sure there are other ones. I'm there are just a number of. So Conoco gets an upgrade. Who else? Uh, Whiting Petroleum. WLL. Lumberger. I mean, like those are those are the biggest names. Lumberger. I'm seeing they get upgraded. So yeah. you know, I, you know, where are these analysts two weeks ago when these things were you know before the move? Oh man, I mean, not Lumberger's even forty bucks. It was thirty-one dollars. Okay, look at this Lumberger. Thirty-one dollars and ninety-four cents on September the fourth. We've had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. This is going to be the nine trading days. So eight trading days ago, this was $31. Now it's 40 So quick math on it. It's up over 20% in two weeks. And there's all kinds of resistance that's coming into up here. And now you're upgrading it? Come on. All right. <laughs> Have some guts. Uh, everybody just following trend. Oh, it's, it's hot now. Now I got upgraded. I mean, this is how you lose money. All right. Well, aside from the uh, the oil and the Raytheon upgrade, we have HSBC upgrading Uber and Lyft this morning to buy. That's notable. That is notable because these stocks have been in the gutter. So they're obviously are these just they're beat up enough that they're attractive here now. Is that what did you read the note? I didn't read the note. Oh, I, I I'm too busy to read notes in the morning. I know it's too much going on. <laughs> Wait, so Uber and Lyft. Uber's yeah. up one percent here. Lyft. HSBC upgrading. Yes. I mean, the Lyft, go to the Lyft chart first here, Joel. Sure. I mean, this thing has just been in the gutter. It's been $65 back in August since, I, I believe it was earnings. Since then, it's basically lost over 30% of its value. It's down here 46. So this is a complete contrarian call. I like it when the analysts got some guts. I agree. I like it when they come out, you know, here's a stock in the gutter, and here's something we think can turn around. I mean, you know, it's, as opposed to the stock that runs 30%, and they upgrade it now. So I, I, you know, I respect the analyst here who's coming out here and upgrading, you know, in a tape like this because they're making a call. So they're saying this is enough and it's low enough, I guess. So Uber and Lyft both get upgrades here this morning, both trading up just slightly. I mean, the tape is not helping them this morning. If it was a flat tape or an up tape, they would be up a lot more, but lift up one and a half percent. And that's significant. Uh, spinners uh, mentioning that they lowered their price targets. So it's kind of like... Uh... <clears throat> Kissing your sister, it's nice, but it doesn't mean <laughs> Okay, Joel. <laughs> Not the first time you said it on the show. You said that before. You said that uh, before. You know, forty six ninety nine uh was your high on Friday. <laughs> okay, go. Right, go, go. Forty seven forty six uh is your two day high. And then I don't know why they got super excited on this the other day. Um on Wednesday they took it up to forty nine fifteen. So there's uh there's some uh, potential targets there for you. Um, DC1, hopping in the chat. Uh, Hess, we didn't mention that one. HES. No, we didn't. Whew, up $4.92, up 8% at 68.14. Man, oh, man. Been one of the better performers, we'll say that. It's one of the big guns. So we know, we always talk about Exxon, Chevron, Conoco, Phillips. You know, these are the big dogs. These are kind of best of breed. The stocks with lower betas, the stocks that aren't going bankrupt. Hess falls in that category too. We never get some love, but it kind of falls right in there. It's right up there with the big dogs too. So it's a stock that's held up very well. Lower dividend, only 1.4%. But I mean, now you're getting a move. It's, it's a big move. It's up five bucks. I'm not buying it now. I'm going to say the same thing, just reiterating. I mean, if you may be a pullback, but I, I don't like oil stocks at all. I still don't like them even after this. So I, I, I won't be buying them long term. You know why it's held up? Because they got those trucks. What's that? You know, you know why Hess is held up? Because they have those trucks. 
those house trucks. Oh, the toy trucks? Yeah, the toy trucks. That's what. That's what my, my dad collects all those. He's got all I, those. I, I collect them too. Uh, anyway. Um, Every year he gets that new Hess toy truck. They're yeah. pretty cool. Wait, wait. I, there's one more rating I want to get to. Aurora Cannabis. Big downgrade this morning. Some Stiefel. From hold to sell. Price started cut to $5. ACB. It's five sixty six. Getting getting whacked here this morning. I, I, I'm going to continue to say I think all the cannabis trade is broken. So I know it showed some life here the last couple of weeks because all the laggards became leaders, but even these laggards, I mean, I guess if you, you know, I'm trying to, to find a silver lining here. These stocks have just been such dogs. Um, they, they really didn't even participate that much. Like in the, in the recent, you've had this huge rally from leaders to laggards in the last week. And I look at where ACB was, it really didn't participate either. Was there news on it last week when it went from 650 to six? I, I wasn't following the story. There had to be something. I think it might have been yeah, news. there was news last week. It they, was it had, had, earnings. Oh, there was. It was they earnings. Earnings. Yeah. earnings. They had earnings. They had earnings. Earnings. But Kronos really hasn't rallied. Um, you know, the MJ, which has them all, hasn't rallied very much from the lows. As opposed to, you look at some of these other stocks, like the retail stocks and all the stocks, that really started you know, ripping. You would have thought pot stocks would have participated in this leaders to laggards rally, and they didn't, with the laggards becoming the leaders. So I don't know what that means. Maybe they're maybe they're gonna eventually participate here, or maybe this just the story is so broken that they can't even go up even in a tape that's starting to look better for them. So I don't own any pot stocks. I don't want to own any pot stocks. I still think the competition is coming for them, and I think they're all sells. Multiple lows uh, in uh, just under five fifty at five fifty five thirty eight being the recent low of the move. I just want to. I'm not seeing a Shopify here. Trading in the red by $7.11. I don't know if that's just market-related here or... No, it's market-related. It's beta's high, and it's the same thing. It's this, you know, the leaders are still laggards even here today. Roku's down 2 bucks too. So Shopify has been... Shopify was the first one that broke of, of the, the real leaders there. And, you know, we talked about that. That's why I shorted Roku when I, did, when I put on that swing trade on Roku, which I covered too soon because I'm a scalper. But, I mean... The Shopify has been one of the big leaders, you know, all the way up. And when it broke and when it had that terrible tape back on the ninth, I was like, okay, it's time to sell all the Momo stuff. All right. Uh, 901, let's take a quick break and grab yeah. Tracy Shukart, Commodities Trader. We'll be right back in a moment here with Tracy. All right, welcome back, everyone. Pre-market prep, Spencer Israel, Joel Elkanen, Dennis Dick, joined now by Tracy Shukart. Tracy, tell us about your evening. That's probably fun. You guys are cutting out a little bit. Sorry. All right. Um, what was the question? It might be our, con our connection, but uh, tell us about your evening yesterday, your evening as you, as you awaited the opening of these markets. Literally, I couldn't hear what you said. All right, you know what? Let's, let me redial you, Tracy. Hold on one second. Uh, let me let me hang up on Tracy and give her a call back there. Sometimes, uh, you know, we can't quite get these phones right. I don't know. I think it's uh, I think it's a Canadian connection there. The Canadian connection? Yeah. Really? She's, That's a, she's in Canada. Oh man! But we just talked to Dennis for an hour. But he's using we're using Zoom with Dennis, so I don't know. Let's try Tracy again here. Hello, uh, Tracy. Can you hear us better? A little better, yeah. Okay. So uh, I want to get your uh, your your insights into your day yesterday. So your tell us about your evening. You're awaiting the opening of the oil markets. What are you doing? Um, well, I mean, 
I was fortunate enough to be long on Friday. Um, so, I mean, I really, you know, I really haven't done anything. Um, <laughs> okay. You know, okay. you can't, I mean, I, and if you watch the market, there's no way that you could tr trade that, you know, if you just watch the market. So, you know, either you are in the market um, and it worked out for you or you got stopped out. Uh, but, you know, it really wasn't tradable last night, I mean, to, to be honest, you know. Come in long, okay, and it boils up 40%. I don't know what levels, I mean, like, levels is, I mean, I don't know what, I don't know what, have any targets there. I mean, I mean, it's 34, that was, I don't know if you had targets or not. So, yeah, I mean, I know, I mean, I definitely, you know, I, I was watching the news all week, weekend, obviously. Um, and, you know, I thought we would open up maybe 59, 60. I did not think we would get all the way to 63 <laughs> and change by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, I think what really, you know, is going on here that it's not so much, you know, the the production that's going to be taken offline and the questions about that. But I think, you know, and what's helping some of these oil stocks pre-market is, you know, the fears that this could happen again, right? And that, you know, what you thought was safe, I mean, it, Saudi Arabia was, you know, those oil installations were some of the most heavily guarded of all of their assets. Um, and not only by the military there, but also by, um, you know, outside contractors. So I think the fear in the markets now and why we're seeing a lot of this, you know, why we're seeing oil, you know, hasn't filled the gap, probably won't, um, you know, today. Um, but I think it's just the fear that, you know, suddenly what we thought was safe is not. Um, and so obviously all these other oil companies are going to be benefiting from um, the unfortunate Incident that happened. Tracy, I feel like you are the official oil trader of <laughs> financial Twitter. I kept seeing people are asking you when the oil market opened uh, last night, right? Uh, as if you are the voice of the oil market on, on Twitter. So I you have some power, more power than you realize. Well, okay. I don't, I don't really see myself that way, but perhaps. <laughs> Tracy, so what are you? Are you what are you looking at? Are you looking at the range for today in the front month crew? You know, if it wants to violate there, you can buy on the price today. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I mean, I'm, you know, right now we're kind of trading within. You know, if you look at the volume profile, we're kind of trading within. You know, this this range all night. But really, what I'm looking for is I, I'm looking at the back end of the curve to see how much that moves, because if that doesn't move much, that means that this is just a front month scare, right? And prices are likely to come back down. But if the back end starts moving um, strongly, then, you know, then this probably has some more legs to go. And what she's talking about here, she's talking about the front month contracts, which reflect, you know, shorter term pricing versus long term fundamental. You know, I like that. Um, I, I know you followed the as well as. Um, yeah, we've got some crazy 
pre-market movers. I mean, so crazy. About that? A little bit overdone in the stocks. I mean, I mean, I think it's probably. I mean, some of these that are, you know, we have SWN up 12.6 percent, Valero up 12.6 percent. We got, you know, I mean, these are, you know, up a lot overnight. So, you know, I, I think they'll likely stay elevated um, until there's at least, you know, until we find out a little bit more information, you know, how long is this going to be, um, you know, taken offline, how much, you know, how long is this product going to be taken offline, you know, who's willing to step up. I mean, a, a lot of these um, shale stocks uh, are getting a boost because the field, um, the, the processing plants um, that was the 5.7 million barrels taken offline um, actually produces light crude. So, that gives leeway sort of to, you know, the, to the WTI market with Saudi light that they were producing there. So, um, so a lot of these shale stocks are going to get a boost from that, at least in the interim, until, you know, we kind of find out a little bit more. Well, the Saudis did say that production was taken offline as a precautionary measure and will be back within 48 hours. So, yeah, I mean, so, you know, we'll kind of have to see. Right. It's kind of a wait and see kind of thing, right. but you know that's where all these Permian stocks, all these shale stocks, are you know up over ten percent today. <laughs> when you see this kind of move in oil, really, how long does it take to be reflected in gas prices? How long do you? Well, this is this is what the funny part is. Oil can go down forever, and you don't see a decrease at the pump. Oil goes up five bucks, and you're going to see it tomorrow. <laughs> that's, that's just how it works, right? And one final question for you. Obviously, uh, the trackers, anybody shale, they're up there. They're the pumps. They're getting a bunch of supply up How long do you think it will take that to be that to be some of these? Um, I, you know, I mean, we're not going to see this for a couple weeks. You know, we're not, we're not you're not going to be able to, because, you know, this week's inventory numbers are last week. Then we have a, you know, then we'll have this week, which is next week, but then we don't really know because there's too much chaos. So it's going to take a couple of weeks, really, till we find out really what's been affected and what hasn't been affected. All right, Tracy Picard, thank you so much for taking time out of your what is most surely amazing talk to Absolutely. Thank you, guys. All right. Uh, let's wrap it up here, Joel. I want to thank everyone for joining us today. Thanks to our guests, Ryan Craver and Tracy Shukar. Thanks to those of you in our chats on YouTube and premarket.benzinga.com. Catch our podcast wherever you get your podcasts or just rewatch our show on youtube.com slash TV. Any questions, comments, concerns, email us, premarket at benzinga.com. And please remember all the information from our show meant to be used as informational purposes only and not for investing or trading advice. Joel, any final thoughts here? No, we, uh, we, we stuck over 3000, but just, just peeling back here, uh, three double Oh 75 is your pre market high, uh, looking for that closing price on the upside. Three double Oh 8.50 is a uh, major resistance coming on the downside. You know, we kind of whooshed up through 29.90 and 29.80. So I'll add some significance to that pre-market low of uh, 83.50. After that, um, I'm looking at Wednesday's low of 73.50. But uh, market is 
basically where it at where it opened last night. So uh, so far, by the dippers still hanging All right. in there. All right, we'll see how this shakes out for the rest of the day. In the meantime, everyone have the good one. We will we will we'll be back with you on Tuesday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.